Everybody, this is week six of quarantine. Things are tense. Today, Nancy and the kids march around the house with signs demanding I go back to work. There you go. Yeah, that's it's a charming uh, personal. My book, youngest you know? son is so tired of his older brother being home all the time. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, and he yeah. really wants to get li- life to get back to normal. And I, I keep having to tell them as they both have. Uh, uh, my oldest son is not really digging the online school. He misses his friends, obviously, and the recess and all the stuff that they do. And, you know, I have to just keep telling him that the whole world is not happy with this deal. It's not just right. you guys. It's not even just our town. The whole world has adjusted their lives in ways they don't like. At some point, I'd like to get into some of the protests going on all over the world, including the third world, where the care is crappier. Uh, you know, people are getting sick, uh, and the government's... Like in India, they will beat the bejesus out of you, or perhaps the uh, behindu out of you, um, if you <laughs> if you go out of your door. There are all sorts of videos online now of Indian police just wailing the hell out of people. There were they were transferring wow. COVID patients and they were beating them to make them move faster. Wow, that's and, in a democracy. Yeah, in in Kenya. They were uh, they were shooting uh, automatic weapons in the air to terrify people off the street. So anyway, this, this thing you think it's bad in you know suburban America or wherever you live, it's pretty rotten if you're in the third world. So let's get to that at at some point. So it's rotten to live in a third world country. Check. <laughs> <laughs> uh, a couple of things. Number one, Democrats pass that stinking small business aid bill. All right. Quit holding out, Nancy, you, you bitter old hag, for more giant pork for government. Quit holding out for a nationalized testing program. That's the hang-up right now. They're insisting on a nationalized testing program as opposed to national resources and the governors of the 50 states figuring out what testing when and where in their own states. It's just their lust to concentrate power within the beltway is insatiable. And it's 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 wrong and it's bad. Pass the damn small business aid uh, extension thing, please. So, uh, Sean, you brought this to us yesterday. So you're to blame if we were wrong, and it's important that we assign blame whenever priority number one. Yeah. <laughs> priority number one: the Armstrong and Getty Company is to assign blame when things go wrong. Um, no, but you had the story yesterday that Facebook wasn't going to allow uh, promotion of some of these back to work. Yeah, it's uh, the the reporter that I I was reading said that there were certain states where they were already doing this and they were reaching out to other state governments um for for guidance on uh, it seemed they were the hung up on the is this in breaking your your social uh distancing, distancing regulations yeah. right yeah. And then um uh the guy who runs Facebook, the little howdy doody looking guy, Zuckerberg. Mark Zuckerberg, was on ABC this week with George Stephanopoulos. George Stephanopoulos is in trouble for being out and about uh maskless in the Hamptons where he lives, apparently, because he's his wife had the COVID and she's over. Well that's where a summers. But he's he's got it now and he was walking through town with no mask on. He's done it a couple of times now, and people take pictures of him because he's a celebrity. And uh, they have a strict, everybody has to wear a mask rule there in their town. And he's out and about because it doesn't apply to him. Of course. Right. How dare he? Um, which is kind of interesting. But then, um, God, I'm having trouble finding this tweet. A tweet went out from the guy we like from Reason. Robbie Suave. Robbie Suave, exactly. Saying that was fake news that... 
Uh, they fa- were knocking any of those uh, rally notices off Facebook? Yeah, I found it. Robbie Suave, okay. he tweeted yesterday, important, I talked to Facebook and reports that they will remove lockdown protests are fake news based on a misquoting of Zuckerberg. Oh, boy. So, I don't know. Yeah, I just hey, want well, to straighten we that apologize. That's, that's crazy. Uh, that was a good source we had yesterday. I don't remember what it was, but... It was uh, some reporter that I I've, I followed. Yeah, I I don't even probably a liberal, probably because um. they're all liberals, mostly reporters. So speaking of uh, Facebook and uh, censorship and that sort of thing, this is not fake news. This is from the New York Post editorial board, and this is a great example of what I'm always talking about when they ask these, uh, you know, and it's generally Democrats asking this, but uh, asking Facebook and Twitter and the rest to filter out any fake news. Back on February the 23rd, the New York Post ran an opinion piece by Stephen Mosher saying that we shouldn't and couldn't trust China's story about the origins of COVID-19. He argued that the virus might, and those were his words, might have jumped to the human population thanks to errors at a Chinese laboratory in Wuhan rather than at the city's now notorious wet market. Well, that was back on February 23rd, and it turned, and it turns out he absolutely nailed it. That piece was widely read online until Facebook stepped in. The social media giant's fact-checkers decided this was not a valid opinion. If you tried to share Mosher's column on Facebook, the social network stuck a false information alert on top, saying that that finding was, quote, checked by independent fact-checkers and prevented your friends from clicking to connect to the original article to see for themselves. Wow. So you couldn't even go back. And again, this is the New York Post. This isn't Joe's wackadoo theories dot com. I saw Washington Post or New York Post? New York Post. Okay. Yeah. Again, as the Post's editorial board points out, this was an opinion column anyway. Mosher cited a host of suggestive facts, including urgent government directives in China, the sudden trip of China's top biowar expert to Wuhan, that nation's shoddy record of lab safety, as well as gaping holes in the wet market explanation which we've probably heard at this point, the market in question doesn't even sell bats, and that bat was from a 1,000 miles away, blah, blah, blah. Honey, we need to go to a different market. They don't even have bats here. Right, right. I was hungry for bat for dinner. I know. You had your mouth set for bat. I know how you love bat. So how exactly did Facebook determine that Mosher's reasoned arguments constituted false information? Well, who are their independent fact-checkers? As reporter Cheryl Atkinson notes, one expert consulted a clear conflict of interest. She has regularly worked with the Wuhan researchers in question and has actually done her own experiments there. She is Danielle E. Anderson, assistant professor of Duke uh, Medical School in Singapore. She personally attested to the lab's strict control and containment measures, which we now know from those cables the State Department released from 2018 that I think the Washington Post found saying, hey, this lab is really badly run. They have all sorts of leaks and training problems. But no, this gal, Danielle E. Anderson of the Duke NUS Medical School in Singapore personally attested that they're just top notch. Ah, uh, blah, blah, blah. The other expert who, who weighed in noted in her objection, any responsible government would strengthen safety and security procedures in high containment labs that will and should be working with the novel coronavirus to develop countermeasures and diagnostics. Well, yeah, any responsible government would, but we're talking about the communist Chinese. 
And because these medical researchers, quoting again from the New York Post, because these medical researchers took offense that someone would question the Wuhan lab's protocols, Facebook decided you're not allowed to read that article. So How unbelievable is that? What's Facebook's situation in China? Zuckerberg's got some uh, liability there, doesn't he? Because he's really trying to get uh, into China. Since that's really the only billion people left in the whole world that he hasn't gotten on board. Yeah, they have their own uh, commie, tightly controlled, censored Facebook. I just wonder I if he is, you know, if he was under pressure from the commies to uh, to go easy on that. Well, uh, all right. First of or all, felt like it wouldn't do them any good to do that. You know that that could be. Although I, I think this is more a case of. You you find a couple of alleged experts, and this this is part of the reason it kind of illustrates why I'm a small government guy. You get a couple of alleged experts, and they say, yeah, we'd be happy to do that for you. And they make their pronouncements from on high. And then you find out later that they have, uh, you know, to, uh, to wax poetic, feet of clay like the rest of us. And they have biases and ties and friends they don't want to offend and the rest of it. And they're far from neutral fact checkers. They're as biased as anybody on earth. And, and so you end up Facebook, uh, censoring an incredibly important, uh, insightful and, and prescient report on what actually led to the most vicious pandemic we've seen in, in a century. I'm guessing that also that that timeline fits in with when it was uh, really important in the media to not let Trump get away with scapegoating China when he's really to blame for the blood on the hands of the administration. Right, with his racism and xenophobia. He's claiming it came out of China and they screwed up just to cover his own tracks. And so to uh, put the period at the end of the sentence, the New York Post asked for weeks to get Facebook to unblock that article. Friday, the social network finally did so, but did not acknowledge it had been wrong all along. They had no explanation for why it was blocked for uh, three weeks, for several weeks. Um, and, and the final note from the New York Post editorial board, I think, is pretty good. They say, um, well, a couple of things. As a significant source of news for much of the world's population, Facebook has a clear responsibility to do better. If it's going to block, quote, false information, it needs better fact checkers and more people watching over the watchmen. When your defense against fake news all but kills free discussion, your system is worse than no defense at all. And covers up for for the the most evil regime on the planet? Yeah, nice job, Mark. China is asshole. Well, as we've been saying for a long time, Sean says this all the time, we have to work really hard at getting news. You can't just take news from anywhere. Comes with homework now, and it sucks. Yeah, it does suck, but it just... It yeah, just that's is, what it is. It's just the world we live in. It does, right, just it, accept it, and don't ask the, the little red-headed antichrist <laughs> to be your... You're, uh, you know, arbiter of what you're allowed to read. And yeah, there's a lot of crap floating around. People forward it to us on a daily basis. But come on, I don't need your help. Every news story comes with homework. That's a a good one. And it it does suck. Um, Kind of talking about the media. We meant to play this yesterday. We didn't. Bill Maher with some comments on the media from his uh, real time at home Friday night show, among other things, on the way on the Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty.
bottom of the hour, we'll have to talk about that USC study in, of L.A. County, if you haven't heard uh, that, on how many cases there actually are. And it turns out they're, we're way off. And if that study holds true, that's a, that's a big one for the whole world to take note of. Right. More on that coming up in a little bit. Yeah, what's the denominator? Um, Bill Maher does a show on Friday nights, usually on HBO, in front of a uh, loving studio audience. Uh, that uh, loves, loving and one-sided loves him and most of his guests and boos the conservative on the show. But anyway, he's been doing his show from the from his backyard lately and uh, was talking about the media. Another recent Times headline was, "It's terrifying, millions more out of work." What the fuck is it's terrifying doing in a headline? Granted, it's a quote, but who are they quoting? Trump. Fauci? Stephen King? <laughs> no, they're quoting an event planner in North Hollywood. Mm. No offense to the event planners of the world. It's, it's amazing what you people can do with pine cones and silver spray paint. <laughs> but why are you in my headline? How about this? Just tell me millions are out of work without the flashlight under the chin, and I'll decide how I feel about it. There was never headlines like this before. There was no, it's terrifying, planes hit World Trade Center. There was no, it's sad, Titanic sinks after hitting iceberg. Or, first atomic bomb dropped. Ouch. We need the news to calm down and treat us like adults. Trump calls you fake news. Don't make him be right. Boy, how, how well written is that? That's beautiful. That's Yeah, it's great writing, first of all, and it's an excellent point. As uh, Positive Sean always weighs in, though, the, the cynical and realistic youth, it's clickonomics, baby. Yeah. Um, if you look back at old-timey newspapers, though, it will strike you how the headlines are so just, they're so uh, uh, terse, they're just, just a couple of facts. Mm-hmm. Titanic sinks, 1,000 believed dead, you know, that sort of thing. Not, it's sad. <laughs> drops Terrifying <laughs> tragedy at sea. Drops atomic bomb. Ouch. <laughs> but 23 pictures of Titanic victims that are sure to bring a tear. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh. And, and, and the, I tell you what, the uh, distance between BuzzFeed and the front page of the New York Times is uh, rapidly shrinking. Yeah, that was that was really good. And and he's absolutely right. The thing that would bother me the most if I were an anti-Trump uh a lefty is the media well just what Bill Maher said there, living up to what or down to what Trump calls us if I was in the media. Just why why do you do that? Right. Just right. be better. Oh, speaking of Trump and the media, He's been uh, kind of harsh about Fox News lately. I heard he uh, he blasted Matt Drudge the other day. Listen, Mr. President, if you're listening, first of all, thanks for listening to the Armstrong and Getty Show. Uh, secondly, you don't want to go all Hitler in the bunker now and get all paranoid. I mean, listen, it, it's the nature that he just doesn't like uh, being criticized yeah. at all. It, less than anybody I've ever seen. But c- come on now, you you got you got to have some friends. Well, that's his strategy, right? If somebody hits you, you got to hit them back twice as hard. That's the that's the whole thing. Yeah, is um, that the Chicago way, or is that no? That's something different. Did you see that? The that's world... knife and guns and the rest of it to the morgue. Did you? <laughs> 
Did you see the most annoying couple in America might buy the New York Mets? Alex Rodriguez, who is 44 to to 50 year old J Lo. I, I, I hadn't forgotten that yeah. she uh, she she's a cougar in this relationship. Rob uh, the cradle. A Rod and J Lo are trying to buy the New York Mets. Now, while they are quite wealthy, they're only worth $700 million, and it costs several billion dollars to buy a baseball team, so they need some uh, help and investors, but they would be the, they'd be the face of it and, and be the ones with the, the big risk, I guess. Oh, great. Well, at least I'll have a team to root against. If they're involved in any way, whatever it is, I dislike it. Oh, what would be more fantastic than them in tight clothes, up in the press box as the owners, you know, just high-fiving each other and dancing around. Oh. What would be more enjoyable than that? Yeah. <laughs> It'd be the most active sports owners on TikTok, would be my guess. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, fantastic. Yeah, no, no kidding. Oh, hey, speaking of rich people, we got this note from uh, one of our listeners uh, saying, Hey, Governor Gavin Newsom, I've been out of work for six weeks. I've filed unemployment, still no money. No one answers the phone at the unemployment. How are we to live? I've not received any stimulus money either. The system is broken. It reminds me, I wanted to say, I don't want to hear anybody like a, a, a an entertainer, a, one of the Jimmies, or anybody with a contract or millions of dollars in the bank telling me to stay home and it'll be okay. Stop it. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. In Elizabeth, New Jersey, the mayor there is using unmanned drones to spy on citizens and make certain they obey. That sounds like something they do in China. And they do. In fact, the drones are literally from China. They're made by a Chinese company called DJI. The company has donated them to 22 American states to control unruly voters. It seems obvious those drones must be sending data back to their masters in China. The Pentagon believes they are. They've banned their use. But the mayor of Elizabeth doesn't care. The drones are helping him consolidate his power. He's for them. Keep an eye on everybody out there. Make sure they aren't violating the rules by walking on the beach or something. Wow. Tucker Carlson. Walking through a park alone. Tucker Carlson used the term flu d'etat for people who are trying to circumvent the democratic system and take power. <laughs> you know, that's pretty good. <laughs> pretty, pretty clever. Uh, so, so I got a couple of things about tests here that are pretty interesting. First of all, this is a huge story. This is a huge global story. Uh, it happens to be out of L.A. County. So as of a couple of days ago, Los Angeles counties, Los Angeles County, one of the most populous counties in in America, um, was reporting 7,000-some cases. Now, every time we heard a number for cases, we always said the same thing. Of course, we have no idea how many people actually have it because you'd have to test everybody to know. Well, USC did a lot more testing in L.A. County to get closer, and instead of around 7,000 cases, it may be as many as 440,000 people that have had it so far. So almost twice as many. (laughs) I'm sorry, you, Jack, i got to stop you there. You made a funny little mistake there. You said originally they thought it was 7,000, and now it might be 450,000? Yeah, close, and uh, so about 55 times as many. Which uh, speaks to two things. One, it's likely it came through California earlier than anybody thought. Two, the death, uh, the lethality, how how many people it kills is way lower. Because obviously the number of deaths didn't change. The number of deaths is, what is it, 600, I think, in L.A. County? So 600 deaths out of 442,000 adults that, that, that had it? 
um, is not near as deadly. So that's wow. one thing, and that's pretty well, interesting. Well, it's, 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 a, it's a tiny percentage. Right, and if those numbers hold up, and that turns out to be closer to what you know is, is accurate, well, then you really got to think hard before you tell somebody who runs a business you can't be open. Why can't no I be kidding. open? This thing is like a fifth as deadly as the flu. What are you talking about? And this is killing me now. Boy, how can, I, can you think of a single example of something where you could be excused for not understanding you had 40 times as much as you thought? <laughs> hey, honey, what, uh, what do we got? Uh, 50,000 bucks in the bank? No, it's actually 4 million, honey. You know, or, or whatever that would be. Right. Millions of dollars. Uh, how many cars do you have, Joe? What do you mean? I have two. What? No, I have 80. Uh, 40 times as many as I thought. I have 80 cars. <laughs> I mean, come on. Are you kidding? Shame. Uh, how many pairs of shoes do you have, sweetheart? That's uh, like 20, I think. No, actually, it's 800. <laughs> well, be- <laughs> well, before I get to the tests and how we're testing across America, the problem is with the reporting of this. We have however many tests we have and how many tests have been done, and we can criticize policy and uh, a number of different ways, but the media reporting any statistics or any expert reporting any statistics like they have meaning, that's right. the problem. Right. You know, I was criticizing one media outlet, and they all do it, saying uh, the uh, the total number of cases is difficult to determine or the lethality is difficult to determine because we... We're not sure the total number of cases. No, it's not difficult. It's impossible. Yeah, it can't be done. To talk about it at all is is an effort in misleading people. If you throw out any number, it's just going to mislead people. What percentage of those M&Ms did you eat? Keeping in mind now, you have no idea the total. Tell me the percentage. It's an absurdity. Anybody asking that, you'd say, well, no, no. See, I don't think you understand. And yet we're reading it in our nation's crappy, crappy media over and over again. It's really kind of discouraging sometimes. So let's get to the tests. This is pretty interesting. The U.S. started this pandemic with one diagnostic test administered by the CDC. There are now 57 different tests that have been granted emergency approval by the FDA. 57 different tests and 190 laboratories that are conducting them. Uh, and the FDA says it's aware of hundreds more tests in various stages of development. It doesn't really talk about it here, but I gotta believe that they vary at least somewhat in how good they are. They'd have to. That's just logic. Yeah, you'd um, think so, although I don't know that much about that sort of testing. We went from zero tests a day to something well over a hundred thousand tests a day in one month. True enough. But experts say we still don't have enough tests to safely do something as complicated as reopen the economy. Uh, experts in epidemiology whose goal is to make sure nobody gets the virus ever? Yeah, you'd be right about that. How about experts in the balance of economics versus death? Well, that's a different, completely different question. Right. Um, Having that, only one side of that question uh, represented at the table is a recipe for disaster. The tests for COVID-19 fall into two basic categories. There are direct tests. Oh, by the way, I had this story locally. So they finally got the tests around here where I live and they're 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 standing there with their their swabs up their hind end because people oh, aren't coming boy. through the drive-through testing. Why do they put them there? <laughs> I mean, if somebody does pull up, that's I mean, it's disgusting. You're, you're not wow. helping. Oh, wow, that's your headline. And getting a false positive here. I don't right. know what it is. <laughs> no wonder the something. numbers are wrong. <laughs> 
my point was they we we thought the whole thing was we got to have tests. Where do we get tests here? And now they have tests, and people aren't showing up to get tested, and people are making appointments and not showing up for the appointments. And so I don't know what that is. I don't know if that's all over the country or just in my neck of the woods. But anyway, back to the tests. There are two kinds of tests: direct tests which look for a virus in the patient, and indirect tests, which look for antibodies that show that you have encountered the virus at some point. Um, This expert says here, we'll need both to safely emerge from social isolation. Again, that's talking to an epidemiologist, uh, somebody who studies viruses, (laughs) whose goal is nobody gets the virus ever. That's not my goal. Me, as a citizen of the United States, it's not even my goal to stop people from dying. I want, too high a cost. I want a certain number of people to stop from dying, but not everybody. You damn epidemiologists. First of all, thanks for the hard work. But secondly, if you were in charge of, of national traffic control, you were, you are, in essence, pitching a national 10-mile-per-hour speed limit, which would save every single life and make it absolutely safe. We can't afford your 10-mile-per-hour speed limit on the economy. It's literally killing people. Someday, uh, economists uh, will do a study, and they'll probably be ignored if their findings are inconvenient to one political party or the other. But economists will figure out that this uh, Chinese bat lab disease... Thanks for nothing, Chairman Xi, you commie bastard. Anyway, the Chinese bat lab disease... That's what she spread. That's good. Somebody texted that the other day. That's pretty yeah, good. Joe's been or Jack's been practicing that every other commercial break since the uh, <laughs> since he got the text, and I think he nailed yeah. it. Yeah. He, yeah, really well. Yeah, done. that's it's it's good on yeah. the scale of poor, fair, good, very good, excellent. It's it's good. <laughs> anyway, uh, so where was I? Oh, your national ten mile per hour speed limit. You can't afford that show. Oh, the Economist someday will figure out, or 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 somebody will. That we lost, you know, 50,000 blessed souls from the coronavirus and 275,000 from the economic crash and unemployment and, and, and deaths of despair, untreated medical problems because people are terrified to go to the hospital, the rest of it. So, no, we will not quietly acquiesce to your 10 mile per hour national speed limit. Need to have multiple voices. Oh, can I throw in one more uh, thought here, Jack? Yeah, and um, I got more about the test, which I, I never even... Oh. I keep distracting us with this various social commentary, but... Oh, okay. Well, go ahead. I, uh, we got a great note from somebody in the business about why there aren't more tests at all the pharmacies that we were talking about yesterday. Okay, but go that, ahead. that might fit in with this. So far, Americans have primary, primarily been dealing with direct tests. That's where they take an extra long Q-tip and jam it up into your brain pan. Oh, boy. Um, but there are also the indirect tests that are going to be spreading like crazy, and they'll be all over the place eventually. Uh, research, researchers still don't have enough of the chemicals that they need to run direct tests. For years, it's been cheaper to manufacture those key ingredients overseas and keep just enough of the product on hand. Nobody had stockpiles, and that's how we ended up flat-footed on the whole tests thing. And then when it first broke, the CDC's uh, chemicals were contaminated because they were sloppy. Yeah, which is really, really troubling. Anyway, yeah. so we mentioned yesterday, yeah, the president had stood in the Rose Garden with the CEOs of Walmart, Tar- uh, Target, Walgreens, CVS, talking about we're going to have all these tests. You can go into these pharmacies. And so far, there's like a handful in the entire country. And there's a reason for that? Yeah, um, this person, I'm sorry, is taking a big swig of water. Uh, it's hydrating. And- Aileen Anonymous, who is in medical commercial real estate, uh, of, of all things, 
says the companies like Walmart, Target, Walgreens, CVS cannot offer COVID testing at their store locations for several reasons. Number one, they're landlords. They largely do not own their real estate. They rent, and their landlords would have to permit the use of the parking lot and or facility for testing usage. The landlords have no incentive to take on that risk or the associated increase in their insurance. Well, did nobody bring this up at the time? You know, There wasn't a smart person that could say... Hey, Mr. Vice President, or hey, Mr. Walmart, or whoever, the, 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 how about this? And then they wave that somehow, or get around yeah, it uh, somehow. You can't make and, a big, big announcement a month or so ago that we're, we're all going to get tested at our local big box store pharmacy, right. and then there's a, a hurdle to that happening. Well, and there are multiple hurdles, as Aileen points out. The neighbors are another factor. Other retailers and restaurants in the shopping center don't want the stigma of lines of sick people <laughs> coming through. So famous and, footwear, doesn't? Well, I guess they're not open. Who would be open? <laughs> a restaurant. Sure, yeah, your local uh, Chinese joint to, you know, stick with China and support our Asian friends. Uh, they're also likely to strongly push back on testing by their anchor store neighbors. And number three, their profitability profitability your corner cvs walgreens target etc are making big money is one of the few retailers open in many areas if they place covid testing out front consumers will shop at a different location possibly a different retailer you know you're right i wouldn't go to the target to buy paper towels if i can get them somewhere else where they don't have a long line of people who think they've got the coronavirus right you got 350 people coughing and sneezing and choking and hacking up phlegm that you got to walk through to go get your you know well, yeah, actually, actually, I bought an iPad just uh, a week ago uh, that I needed for the show, so it was an essential product for an essential job like talk show host. Yes. Um, I went and bought an iPad, and I bought it at Target instead of Best Buy just because I happened to be there. But I wouldn't have done that if there was a line out the door of people coughing and, right. and heaving and sweaty. So I'm a little disappointed in us not thinking of this, but we can't think of everything, and I certainly <laughs> think... Uh, Aileen Anonymous for, for pointing out the, yeah, you but, know, but the truth. Yeah, but there are people of, that do get paid to think of this before the president stands there with all the CEOs and they talk about this. Yeah, I know it. I know it. Nobody he thought was, of that? He was ill-served. Our media was uh, bad, sloppy, as usual. Oh, well, at least now we get it. Mm. Oh, hey, speaking of drugs and treating this thing. And I don't want you to jab a swab up into my brain pan. Is there a different way to get tested? Yeah, you, you, you grow to like it after a while. It's an acquired taste. Mm. So they did a study. They being, I believe, Yale. I'm a Yale like my father before me. Um, and uh, a couple other labs were doing a big test of the hydroxychloroquine that we've heard so much about, the uh, malaria drug. Yeah, and- the... Uh, the um, uh- Aquarium cleaning stuff. I've been drinking that by the gallon. Oh, that's good for you. It's good for you. On a hot Number day, one, a cup of that. Mm. Kills the Chinese bat virus, keeps you regular, too. It's fabulous. It's nature's miracle. Anyway, uh, they, gave, nature's miracle. <laughs> they gave patients either hydroxychloroquine or, we'll call it HC, or HC with azithromycin. We've heard about the combo pack, right? Or neither. Electrolytes. See, <laughs> doesn't plant good or whatever. Uh, HC, the combo pack, or nothing. And as it turns out, rates of, de- you know, I, I got to get my daughter who's uh, in studying data analysis to explain to me what these numbers mean. But the uh, it, the summary where they write it up for numbskulls like myself says, compared to the nothing group, the risk of death from any cause was higher in the HC group. Uh, pretty significantly. 
The combo group was about the same as the nothing group, interestingly enough. Uh, the risk of ventilation was similar in the HC group and in the combo pack group compared to the no uh, HC group. Conclusion, in this study, we found no evidence that the use of hydroxychloroquine either with or without azithromycin reduced the risk of mechanical ventilation, and indeed it uh, it seemed to increase the overall mortality. Uh, but everybody agrees there need to be more randomized tests to get a handle on it. Uh, as the person who tweeted this at us pointed out, anecdotal evidence should not guide policy. We need to do randomized testing. I'm not saying it's never helped anyone anywhere, but it could be you must have a specific, you know, genetic makeup or, you know, blood chemistry or blood type or whatever. I don't know. Um, for this stuff to do you any good. And we have to know that. Indeed, it looked like it's dangerous to give it to people who don't need it. Okay, so I saw on social media that impeached President Trump was t- was trending yesterday. I think I now know why. Okay, that's been explained to me. Among other things, coming up on the Armstrong and Getty Show. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Today, New York City Mayor Bill de Blasio announced that all non-essential events in June have been canceled. That story again, all of Bill de Blasio's June press conferences have been canceled. <laughs> um, uh, so we just got on this topic. This uh, I just became aware of this. Did you re- Are you aware that bread has become a thing, making bread? Yeah, actually, yeah. I've heard people talking about their starters and their yeah. sourdoughs and the rest of it. Was this Had this started before coronavirus, or is it just because of coronavirus? Was it already a hipster thing? So now, like, remember when everybody you knew who was cool was making beer? Now everybody who's cool and has a man bun and a beard makes bread. Oh. And talks about it endlessly, apparently. Nice. I think bread making in general really kind of was a a byproduct of the the coronavirus thing. But the, the sourdough starter thing had been kind of burbling underground for probably... Six to twelve months. Okay, so this this kind of just caught on as a trend, and then this kickstarted it. Like really, I I even tried to do the sourdough thing, but I killed mine. I I, I killed my starter. I don't. I I need to talk to the sourdough protective services to see if I'll be allowed to get another murderer. So that that is the cool hipster thing to do for dudes now is to be a guy who makes bread. I guess that I was I was taking I was looking at an online guitar lesson the other day, and the guy said, "Before we get to this, let's talk about something important: bread." So here's what I've done. And I thought, what are you talking oh, about? <laughs> and that's when I first became aware that, okay, this is what the cool guys are doing now is making bread. So, ladies, you know, you got to find your guy who's talking about the bread. No, bread, right at home. No, it's great. You eat it when it's warm. The butter just melts. What's that? No, all sorts of bread. So, what do we call it? Sean at the club. This is our new Sean at the club feature. I I believe technically it was Sean at the disco, which is much better. (laughs) No, whatever happened to testicles? That's sorry, Sean. Hiking is great. I love it. Hiking. Sean Always hiking. Picking up a girl while dancing to loud music, which is not easy to do. <laughs> you know, I actually like walking around in the mountains, but I've stopped calling it hiking because I've realized that's such a hipster thing. Mm. I just, you just call it walking. I just don't talk. I don't bring it up at all. What? What'd you do? Not much. I don't want to admit it. <laughs> oh, boy. Uh, got this uh, guy from uh, San Diego update on United because he works with United Airlines. 
We're reporting a $2.1 billion loss for the first quarter. Well, that's not a good quarter. That's rough. In San Diego, we've gone from 34 flights daily to three. One flight a day to Denver, Chicago, and San Francisco. From 34 daily flights to three. All employees locally work one week on and one week off with with pay, but that is because the government is basically paying the salaries to keep it all going. All all are very scared for October 1st when they are allowed to start furloughs. Yesterday, my flights had 20 people per flight on a plane that holds 180. So he's only flying three flights as opposed to 34 per day, and they still only have 20 people on the flight. That's rough. That's rough. Now, as I understand, the airlines have drastically cut their schedules, uh, according to something I was reading in New York Magazine, Um, but... They haven't, um, they haven't completely downsized for various, uh, FAA regulation reasons and to keep their people working and the rest of it. I mean, there's some detail to this story, but. Well, you can't. Uh, that's have, amazing. You can't have the industry die and people go off and get different jobs and everything like that, or you won't be able to ramp back up when it's over. Yeah, it's critical infrastructure. It really is. But the idea that flying from San Diego to Sacramento or Seattle, you gotta fly through a hub. That's crazy. Wow. Yeah, I'd say. Um, if you get next hour, well, I hope you get next hour. How's that? We're all Joe. How, how's We're that? all Joe the plumber. How's that for a tease, Michael? Did you like that one? <laughs> <laughs> we're all, that we're all so Joe the plumber. 